Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Well, good morning, church. My name is Matt Malik. I'm the lead pastor here at Refuge. So thankful that you could be with us on this last and final day of 2017. And as we get ready to bring in a new year, I believe God has so much in store for us. But we need to sometimes learn how to say, go- say goodbye and let go of what was and embrace what is and what is to come. And so this morning, um, we're going to just take this opportunity and close out this year by addressing some things that I believe are relevant and I believe inspirational that can help us to really take hold of, of what God has. Because, you know, there's seasons that we go through where it seems like Things unravel, things fall apart, and it seems like, where is this going to end? But we know that we serve a faithful God, and, and the scripture tells us that many may be the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. And so there's always victory, amen? And so we're excited to be here today, and uh, I did bring some humor, um, New Year's humor, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, my New Year's resolution is to stop hanging out with those people that keep asking me what my New Year's resolution is, okay? Yeah. And it does not bug you sometimes, well, what's your resolution? And I think it's interesting if you really statistically look at New Year's resolutions, so many of them are broken even within the first month of the New Year. And so a resolution is one thing, but the determination is something else. So I believe we can challenge you to a greater commitment and call you to a greater um, purpose of heart to fulfill the destiny that's upon your life. And and rather than making a resolution, you lose weight or whatever, um, it's always good to lose weight if you're overweight. And some of you maybe need to gain weight if you're underweight. But realize that resolutions can come and go, but a determination of the heart is something that is set as a, uh, something that drives us and, and, and moves us forward. And I believe God places within us that determination and that resolute commitment to really walk out and live out this life in Christ. And so um, here's another one. Uh, just this is kind of a New Year's blessing. May all your troubles last as long as your New Year resolutions. Okay, that, that's good, right? And then uh, in 2018, may your neighbors respect you. May your troubles neglect you. May angels protect you. And may heaven accept you. How about that? Amen. And so uh, we're going to be sharing a little bit towards the end of the service and the message about 21 days of prayer. You received the brochure when you came in. I want to talk about that dynamic as we as a church body seek God's direction in prayer and fasting as we look to him for guidance for this year 2018 that's coming up. And we've been doing this now. This is the 15th year as a church that we've committed the first 21 days to seek God through prayer and fasting to really get the heart and mind of God. And, and when we give God the first fruits of something or anything, 
he's able to really get involved and bless our endeavors. And he's looking to have that first place in your life. And when you give him first place, there's something incredible that takes place. And so we want to share a verse and, and direct you to the Word of God this morning. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And this is the key passage that we want to talk about when we say, bye, 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 2017, okay? So Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And the, and the uh, apostle Paul is writing here, and I believe he's sharing from his own heart and partly from his own experience and this is something that you and I as believers, you and I as individuals can also relate to in our life. So let's look at what the word says, starting in verse 13, Philippians chapter 3. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. In other words, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't made it yet. I'm not at the place where I truly want to be in, in, in life. Okay? He goes on to say, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, we're going to talk today a little bit about saying goodbye and about forgetting. And this message is all too real for me as I say, say goodbye to my earthly father, who at this time is in his last moments on this earth. And I'm going to share a little bit about this week, and, and, and I, I know, and a little bit later anyway, but sometimes it's hard to say goodbye, but it's necessary. And so as we pray, let's join our faith together. Heavenly Father, we honor you, and we give you praise and glory for this day as we conclude this year and enter the next. Father, we do so with anticipation, with appreciation and with a thankful heart for what you've done. For that even though many may have experienced tragedy and challenges in 2017, or maybe even victories and, and, and triumphs, Father, we look to you, the God who rules our life and who is our Lord and our Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So bye-bye 2017. Today we're saying bye to 2017, a year I believe that brought great blessing to many, or maybe heartache, and maybe for most of us a mixture of both. As you evaluate and look back at this past year, I'm, I'm sure you can see some highlights, but you can also maybe see some losses, the loss of a loved one. And, and so that can be a sad thing to lose somebody you love, to say goodbye to somebody you love. But then we can say goodbye to some things that will be on and past, and, and it's not going to be part of our present or future. And so we can rejoice in knowing we're moving forward, we're moving on, because there's a call of God upon our lives. As the Apostle Paul, he, that was a driving force with him. He had the ability to forget the things that could handicap him and hold him back. There's some things you need to forget because they're going to hold you back from the future that God has for you. And so sometimes to forget is a blessing. And sometimes it can be a curse, depending what you're forgetting and what you're remembering, okay? And now, no matter how this year has been 
the lessons that we learn in life from what's good and what's bad, what's positive, what's negative. And it all depends upon our focus. How do we evaluate? How do we look at something and allow it to affect decisions we make in our life? Does it bring us to a place of defeat, discouragement? Or does it bring us to a place of greater commitment where we walk in greater courage and dignity before God to do great things for him? Now, are you overcome with defeat or are you positioned for victory? And see, that's what you need to determine in your focus this morning. Some have suffered great trials and even loss, and others have celebrated great victories. So I want to address this question, why do we say goodbye? Well, we say goodbye to release ourselves from past hurts, from wrong relationships, from difficult and challenging circumstances, departing loved ones. It's a part of... I believe, of a healing process that we go through in life. Some people have a hard time letting go and saying goodbye. You know, forgetting can be a curse, as I said, and also a blessing. And, and sometimes the inability to, to forget or let go is because we're holding on to things that we need to really give to God. See, there are those who want to live in the past and constantly reminisce the good days, the good old days, and then they miss out on what's happening right now and for the future that's coming. And so uh, letting go of the past, and sometimes, you know, uh, if you had a, a great thing happen and, and that's all you're thinking about, that's all you're dwelling on, well, that's good to celebrate that, but then it's time to move on. Don't keep trying to rehearse and relive the past victories or let the past defeats and challenges restrict you and limit you from what God has for you, okay? Now, so we have to press on because there's more to come. That's what the Apostle Paul is telling us. We need to press on. To press on means you're going forward and you're pressing through difficulty, through trials, through tests. You know, have you ever walked in three feet of snow? You know, I've, you know, some of you, if you're shorter, it's a little more difficult. If you're taller, it's a little easier. I'm six foot two, so maybe a little easier for me. But if you try to, you have to press into that. And you have to keep moving. And you're going to make ground. It's not going to necessarily be easy unless there's something under the snow that you run up. It's a cement thing or whatever. But we need to press on. That means there's going to be resistance. That means there's going to be challenges. But the uh, challenge the Apostle Paul put before us is that in his determination to press on, he's encouraging us to do as well. So, now, how do we say goodbye? Another question. I'm going to answer a few of these questions this morning. How do we say goodbye? See, knowing how and when to say goodbye can be difficult, even in uh, informal kind of situations, okay? It can sometimes be a little difficult. Uh, Learning to say goodbye eloquently tactfully and appropriately is actually a skill that that we can develop and work on in having good manners. And hopefully uh, your parents taught you some good manners along these lines in regard to this, okay? Now, uh, it's really a skill that will help you not only to maintain your relationships and let people that you know uh, that you care for them, but it's also easier sometimes uh, than what it seems, okay? Uh, but you just got to do it, okay? 
to say goodbye, that is. And uh, don't leave without saying goodbye. There's something that Deb and I, we, we just agreed to do this. If um, I'm at home and she's going to go do something or I'm going to go do something, we always say goodbye. We always make sure we have that opportunity. And, and, and that's usually associated with a kiss. You know, I kiss her, she, she kisses, we kiss, you know. We say goodbye, and then we, she takes off, or I take off. But it's something we do. We don't, uh, you know, leave without saying goodbye. And, and the same with a, at a wedding, you know. Uh, I'm invited to a lot of weddings because many times I'm officiating those weddings. But I never leave a wedding without saying goodbye to the bride and the groom because it's their celebration, okay? And, and you know, uh, that's just kind of, to me, it's the thing you need to do. Or if you're invited to be a guest at someone's house, a Christmas party, graduation party, what, may, what it may be, to make sure before you leave, you say goodbye to the host, you say goodbye to the birthday or the graduate, you say goodbye to them. That's just what we do. It's, um, it's protocol, okay? So saying, and so now we're going to say goodbye to 2017. It's, it's protocol. And that's what we're doing in this service. And I believe there's going to be a release for some of you so that negative things that happened in 2017 won't carry over into the new year or handicap you in the new year because God wants to give you a fresh perspective and instead of being defeated, use what you went through to build a stronger faith and a determination to go deeper and to go further with God than you've ever have in the past, okay? And so that's, that's our directive this morning. Now, when you say goodbye, it's an, really what it is, it's an appropriate reference to when you will see someone again. And, and, and so, but let me just give you a little story. I'll share a little story with you because sometimes we can wear out our welcome. Uh, attending Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know, I worked a part-time job, and so, uh, and I had to be up early, and um, my uh, roommates in the place we were living, they had to be up early, but there was this guy, his name was Zach. Now, if your name is Zach, it's in no reference to who you are or anything like that, but Zach was unemployed, he wasn't going to school, he had all the time in the world, he was a friendly, outgoing, southern gentleman, but he loved to come and hang out with us. So he had come over, and my roommates, they were kind of, you know, they were mean. They would all slip and go to their rooms, go, go to bed, and they'd leave me with Zach. And Zach would be sitting there on the couch just, you know, eating some popcorn, whatever we made for him, and, and, and wanting to talk. And, and finally, it's getting late, and I said, you know, Zach, I have to get up at, you know, 530 um, you can feel free to stay here as long as you want. Just make sure you lock the door when you leave, but I need to go to bed. And so, and I thought, I'm being so mean to him. But I did that. I went to bed, and, you know, about five minutes later, I, I'm surprised it took five minutes. Five minutes later, I hear the door open, slam, and he, he left. Not slam, but close, okay? And so that happened on two occasions, and then it kind of cured him of wearing out his welcome. And so I think about that, and I have to chuckle because uh, some, you know, you might not necessarily see that your pastor has a mean streak, and I don't know if that's necessarily mean, but um, sometimes, you know, uh, situations can bring out the worst in me, and sometimes situations can bring out the best in me. Anyway, we're going to move on from that now. 
Now, for our family personally, um, this message is, is, is kind of uh, impactful because saying goodbye to our family is releasing my father of 92 years of age uh, to go home and be with Jesus. On Christmas Day, we had a very unique family gathering. It was in room nine in the ER at Stevens, uh, in Stevens Point here at St. Michael's Hospital. Well, the family was gathered together around my dad, who was admitted earlier that day in the ER. He was at the assisted living home, and there was someone there. He was, started to run a fever, and he began to vomit and start choke. He started choking on his vomit. And uh, so we were able to get him in ER right away and uh, uh, put him on life support and, and help bring up his blood pressure and do some medical things to keep him with us. My brother David was a truck driver, was on the road, so he needed to get back in town. So the doctor said, okay, we'll, we'll keep this life support on him till 7 o'clock p.m. And when he had arrived, and when the family's here, had the opportunity to say goodbye, then we're going to take this off. Now, uh, so my dad's kind of a tough guy because his blood pressure before they put him on dopamine was like 57 over uh, 40. It was pretty low. I mean, that's dangerously low. I mean, I'm not a medical professional, but it does seem low to me, you know, so life-threatening anyway. But uh, the medicine was a temporary medicine. You can't stand it because it restricts the, the blood vessels, and, and that's a, a serious issue if, it's, uh, if they're on it too long. But they kept him on it until 7 o'clock, and as soon as they took it off, his blood pressure immediately started to fall. But without the support of life support, all of a sudden it started picking up and leveling. But we as a family were there. We, we got Mackenzie to sing songs. We were praying. We were worshiping God together. Every one of us, now we have some family members that are out of state, so they uh, weren't able to be there, but we got them on the phone. Everyone said their goodbyes. Everyone released dad. Um, and so the, the doctor said, you know, maybe three hours. And uh, he said, but sometimes this can be a little longer. Well, tomorrow will be eight days. <laughs> and so, but my dad is receiving comfort care right now, and family members are there 24-7 with him. My, in fact, uh, Deb is with him now uh, during the service. And, and uh, he's a man that we're going to truly miss. But we had to say goodbye. And that's a hard goodbye. But, you know, the joy is... We're going to see each other again. And he gets to go to heaven before we do and get things ready for us, okay? And so when he was, you know, this, you know, delay in his departure, uh, as some might think, you know, him hanging on a little longer, um, I'm thinking, okay, uh, Lord, maybe you got to finish his mansion or something. Maybe the, yeah, the crew is behind and got to get things ready for him. And so I, I shared that with my dad, and he said some of the, uh, sweetest things, and him and mom together are just amazing to watch those two lovebirds interact in, in these final moments. But you know, something I've observed as a pastor, different seasons of my life, it's helped me to better relate to people. Because I started when I was 26 as a single man, so I, I didn't really understand what it meant to even be married because I didn't have a wife. When I got married, I realized, okay, this is what it's like to have a wife. 
so that could help me to, to minister more effectively to the congregation. Then when I had kids, that was another thing, raising those kids from infancy to teenage years till they leave the roost. You know, so every season of life, even seeing my sons married off, relating to parents and what they go through. When but every season, and, and now even at this season, relating to others that are losing a loved one. And know that whatever you've gone through, whatever you're going through, it helps you to relate, to be positioned to minister to others that are going through it themselves. And so there's a value in it because that's what life is. We go through these things. It's a point unto man wants to die. We cannot escape that. You know, it's um, unless we're alive during the rapture, the second coming of the Lord, then that's a different deal. But, but you know, there are certain things that are fixed in life that, that we can't change. But yet God infuses his love, his presence, his ability, his strength to empower us to live life victorious no matter what we face or no matter what we go through, okay? So I've got three things to say to you, you my notorious three points, what, what have you here. Uh, number one, saying goodbye to 2017. Uh, uh, this is kind of a year in review. Isaiah 43, verses 19 and 20, it reads in the New Living Translation, but forget all that, Speaking of things of the past, it is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. This is the Spirit of God speaking to the prophet Isaiah. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? So God gives us revelation and insight to what he wants to do. And I believe he wants to do some incredible things in 2018. He has a lot planned on his slate of what he wants to accomplish in this earth to impact the culture that we live in. And you're going to be a part of that. You're going to be a part of reaching people. You're going to be a part of making a difference in other people's lives. Now, the past adds value to the present, realize, because it helps us to know where we came from to get to where we are today, because it's a journey, right? So in 2017, in the natural scope of things, in the news media, uh, we've seen all these reports there were terrorist attacks in popular tourist destinations such as London, Manchester, Barcelona, Spain, and New York City, among other places. Uh, the massacres in Las Vegas and Sutherland, Texas. The greater tensions with North Korea's leader. I mean, all that in, in his unrest against other civilized nations. Wildfires ravishing California, nearly 300,000 acres burned, fires out of control. The devastating hurricane season, Hurricane Harvey in Texas, Hurricane Irma in Florida, Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. We've, we've seen these natural disasters. We've seen these, this evil of, of human, humans taking other people's lives. You know, this is all negative stuff, but that's... Behind, behind us now. And it only reveals that there's hurting people. But yet, in light of all that, when you see the, the relief effort and the nation coming together to support those who've lost everything, you see the good that comes out of the evil, the negative. And you might say, does God ordain evil? No, he doesn't. But because God is good, whatever he gets involved with, he brings good out of it. 
You might say, well, God meant this so that this could happen. No, he will get right in the middle of the evil. And because his nature is good, he'll cause that evil situation to turn around so that good can come out of it. And sometimes we can't say, how can something this evil produce good? But the nature of God can take evil and, and do that. Because our lives were filled with evil, the evil of sin, addictions, bondage. Uh, the, the junk in our life, hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness. When he gets inside, he turns that all around. And he gives us the fruit of his spirit, okay? And so uh, we can't ignore the good things that have happened. You know, the World Series win for Houston Astros. Uh, first time in the franchise history of, of that team. Right after the heartbreak of Hurricane Harvey. And then we have to note the response, as I, I said, to to those affected by these natural disasters. That's a good thing. Uh, Prince Williams and Kate expecting baby number three. You know, if you're into that, you know, it's, it's a baby. It's a life, right? The solar eclipse occurred on August 21st it, of this year. It really brought people together. It was, it was just a, a neat kind of time. I, I even had my camera out there taking pictures. Uh, you can check it out on Facebook. It's still there. Uh, of the solar eclipse, at least from central Wisconsin. Um, and then something you may not be aware of, the age, HIV is no longer a leading cause of death in Africa. My first visit to Uganda back in 19, um, I think it was 1989, uh, the AIDS epidemic was so prevalent in Uganda that 32% of the population was infected with HIV. It was literally a nation dying. And uh, so that's no longer a threat. It's not the leading cause of death in Africa. Now, uh, child labor uh, rates have declined by half since 2000. It's worldwide. Um, scientists found ways to rebuild the barrier reef. Uh, Jerusalem deemed Israel's capital by President Trump. I mean, you might say, oh, but that's, that's historically something significant for the people of God. God's chosen and then just recently, the Wisconsin Badgers uh, win of the Orange Bowl. Is that 34 to 24? That's great. And the highlight for us is the grandson born to us, Roman. Uh, oldest son, Daniel and Amanda, are pregnant with their second child. Uh, there have been marriages. There have been graduations. There's, there's been a lot to celebrate in people's lives. And so, but, you know, where's your focus? You can stay in the negative, but you can focus, okay, God, what are you doing? What are you wanting to do in our lives? Isaiah 43, 19, again, in the English Standard Version, it says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You might say, there's no way. I don't see a way. But God said he'll make a way. Okay? God said he'll make a way even when there is no way. Even though you may be facing a desert season, maybe there's this river that is insurmountable to cross. No matter what it is, God will make a way for you. As we look to the future, as we look to 2018, God will make a way for you. Do you believe that? So number two, I need to wrap this up pretty quick here. Saying hello to 2018. Maybe we just did that. Revelation 1.19, I love this passage because it gives us a perspective of past, present, and future. Revelation 1.19 says, write down what you have seen, 
both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. So this is having that perspective of past, present, and future. And God wants you to have a healthy uh, perspective of the past, a healthy perspective of the present, and a healthy outlook for the future, okay? So that you can have this balance uh, so that you can move forward and not let the past hold you back, but yet let the past be a teacher to cause you to move in your present and future with his wisdom, okay? Now, so how do we become, how do we welcome the new year? Well, my challenge to you this morning is to start with 21 days of prayer. See, because there's new opportunities that await us. Uh, we're going to lay down our lives for Jesus this year. We're going to offer our bodies a living sacrifice to him. And, and our, the scope of what God has given us as far as a directive for 2018 is to discover the meaning of life, the true meaning of life. As I was reading through Proverbs, not Proverbs, but Ecclesiastes, uh, Solomon, his whole quest in, in the book of Ecclesiastes is what is the true meaning of life? Because there are so many people that don't know what the true meaning of life is and they're confused. They're, they're living out a wrong purpose. They're living out something that's contrary to God's plan and purpose for their life. So we're going to explore the meaning of life in 2018. You, you may see or think atheism is on the rise. Atheism may have its opinion, but it ceases when God shows up, okay? And so God's going to show up more in 2018 than ever before, okay? So we need to be prepared for a global outpouring of truth upon the earth because these are the last days. And the glory of the Lord shall fill the earth as the waters cover the sea. Revival is coming into the church. Okay, let me make that very clear. Revival is coming into the church. The Holy Spirit comes into the church to encounter us with the Father's love as the revealer of truth, revealing the truth of who he is and the truth of what he wants to deal with in our lives. Because you see, God wants to deal with the junk in your life if you let him, if you allow him to, because he wants to do a work of transformation. Number three, let go of the past, not just 2017. Now, how many of you, and I just, you don't have to raise your hands or anything like that. How many of you have revisited your past in the last three days? Well, there's something in the past that is holding you back. It's disrupted you. It's messing with you. It's tormenting you. Something in the past that just continues to haunt you. You know, um, I would dare say that many of us have revisited the past within the last three days. See, the past can be nagging and even depressing, depending what you're focusing on in the past. And in Philippians, I want to read this verse again. We start out with this passage, chapter 3, Philippians, verses 13 and 14. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Forgetting what lies behind. And straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I want to define the word forgetting for you. Forgetting is the apparent loss or modification of information already encoded 
and stored in the individual's long-term memory, okay? It is a spontaneous or gradual process in which old memories are unable to be recalled from memory storage. Forgetting is to cease or fail to remember, to be unable to call, recall, to forget. Now, you might be, and I'm, I've been amazed by this because God is as great as he is, he has the ability to forget because he forgets our sin. He chooses not to remember them anymore. There's some things you need to choose to forget. There's some things you need to choose not to remember anymore, not to recall in your memory storage. You need to delete it, okay, from the storage because it's only going to be hurtful, not helpful. And you need to let go of that pain and the hurt, the heartache of the past because Jesus is doing a work of restoration in our lives. Now, before the new year, and I want to talk in a few minutes remaining here about the participation of the 21 days of prayer. You receive the brochure, and actually you can go on our website, wearerefuge.net slash 21 days, and there's information on our website of how you can become involved and participate in 21 days of prayer, where we will be committing these first 21 days of the new year to seek God, to get his heartbeat. And, and you know, prayer is one thing, but fasting is another. And you might think, well, um, fasting, you know, why do we have to do that? Well, it's interesting. Jesus didn't say if you fast. He said when you fast. So it seems as you read the scriptures that Jesus, you know, expects that we as his followers fast. That we, but we need to see it as a value, as a, as a biblical discipline, as a spiritual discipline in our lives to begin to get the flesh out of the way so the Spirit of God can have a greater influence and effect upon our life. Because so often it, the flesh is dominating us. We're doing what the fleshly nature demands. And yet God wants His Spirit to be the controlling influence of our life. And so sometimes we deprive the flesh of what it wants so we can give God what he wants in a yielded fashion, okay? And so uh, Jesus said, when you fast, the goal of fasting is to become closer in your walk with God by voluntarily denying the demands of your flesh. It's a, a time to increase your prayer life and study the scriptures with a greater intensity. In fact, uh, there's a biblical model, and this is what we follow. It's, it's in the book of Daniel, chapters 1 and 10. Uh, Daniel describes two examples of a personal time of fasting uh, with dramatic results. We, we also see Isaiah describes God's chosen fast in Isaiah 58. Jesus fasted in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4 and spoke of the necessity of fasting for believers. So it was a normal part of the early church life. Fasting is one way that we respond to the admonition throughout the scriptures to die to self-will and not to accommodate the desires of this flesh. In fact, the Daniel fast is actually a partial fast, uh, recognized as an effective means of receiving a breakthrough in your spiritual walk with God. In fact, you know, we, we, you restrict, you know, like the sweets, the different things, and it's all laid out in the brochure and online. You can check it out. And you're encouraged to, to join us for prayer. We'll be meeting in prayer at the chapel in the academy from 5 to 8 uh, every morning. Uh, except on Sunday, but you can join us here 
uh, for the team rally before as we pray for the church service. But there'll be opportunity for you to join us uh, on Tuesday nights at prayer at 6 p.m. And other times, if you just need a time and a place to pray, we'll make a way for you. But it's a time that, that even at, at the chapel, if you come out 15 minutes right before work, or uh, maybe you can't come to this facility, you can pray at home, you can seek, seek God where you're at, but know that other believers at Refuge are praying together and seeking God in a corporate fashion. And so there's a prayer focus for each day. Uh, there'll be a video that you can look at. It's like a two-minute thing that talks about the prayer focus for that day. Uh, somebody in leadership will be sharing about that prayer focus and encouraging you uh, in that way. Um, fasting is really a sacrifice that exhibits a desire to follow the will of God. It's actually a voluntary step of humility where we're humbling ourselves before God. And so... It's really allowing his influence to have a greater effect upon our life in our decision-making process as we look to him uh, like never before. Daniel 9.3, and we'll close with this verse as the worship team comes up. Daniel 9.3 says, So I gave my attention to the Lord to seek him by prayer and supplications with fastings. And in that case, Daniel, he had sackcloth and ashes. In other words, he... He, he didn't, you know, try to dress the best, but he humbled himself in that fashion. That was the way they did it back then. Uh, Jesus actually said, uh, don't appear to others like you're fasting because then you kind of lose your reward. So people won't look at you and say, oh, wow, they're fasting. They're really something. They're really spiritual. No, fasting to me is not to make you look good. It allows you to see the goodness of God in a whole nother level. So, this morning as we close this service, I just want to ask you the question, what is God speaking to you through this message this morning? What is he speaking to you through this message this morning? Because maybe there's an area in your life that you need to come to grips with relating to your past and letting something go. Maybe it's unforgiveness towards somebody that hurt or offended you or did you wrong. Maybe it's time to release that person through the love of God with a heart of forgiveness and a decision to release that person from that offense, from the pain, from the heartache that they caused you. Maybe it's what needs to happen is you need an understanding of, of the love of God for your life. Maybe you haven't really walked with God Maybe you call yourself a Christian, but you're not really living the Christian life. Maybe you're going through the motions, but there's not a hard connection. Jesus gives us an invitation to come to him, to come and receive forgiveness of sins, to come and receive his love, his mercy, to come and receive his very life, his very nature, to be born of his spirit, to be made new on the inside, to receive his nature, to receive his life, to be born again, to be filled with the Spirit. See, Jesus wants to come and be part of us, be part of our life. He gave himself for you. But it's required that we give ourselves to him through surrender. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around right now, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I know that my life is not right with God. I've been running from God. I've been trying to 
walk with God on my own terms. I've been trying to do my own thing. Or maybe in a place that you have no real interest in God, you've just been doing your own thing and God hasn't been a part of your life. Well, my invitation to you is to receive Jesus, to receive his forgiveness, to receive his lordship, to receive his life, to invite him into your life, to invite him into your heart with heavy Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If, if you are here and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I know that my life is not right with God, but I want it to be. Slip up your hand. And we're going to pray with you, for you. Thank you. Can I see his hands? Any others? Okay, let's pray this prayer together. And as you pray this prayer together, if you're already walking with God as a Christ follower, let this prayer only reaffirm your faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father. I surrender my life to you. I give my heart to you. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe you came to die for my sins on the cross. And you rose from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, I believe you are the Savior of the world. And I accept you into my life, into my heart as the Lord of my life. I dedicate myself to you. Save me from my sins. And make my life what you want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up together. If you need any more information about uh, 21 Days of Prayer, if you didn't pick up a brochure, make sure you get one. Uh, we're going to start tomorrow. And uh, again, it's at your level. You know, this is not a legalistic thing, but we're encourage, encouraging everyone to participate at some level to make a fresh consecration of your life to Jesus Christ and to really determine that you're going to get a hold of God in the early days of this year, that you're going to set time aside to get in His presence. In a few moments, we're going to have uh, the prayer team come up here. We're going to invite people to come up for prayer. My encouragement to you is if you need prayer for anything, come. Because we want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. We, we want to agree with you for victory and breakthrough in your life. Well, let's uh, spend a little time in worship here. Thank you so much for being attentive. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.